0: hello everyone and welcome back i think i should probably stop saying happy wednesday because chances are if you're like me you have a million podcasts by this time in the week and you're probably not listening to this on wednesday um also considering the amount of text messages i got last week that said cucumber which if you didn't stay until the end you wouldn't know what that means I put a little word at the end of the podcast, and when people got to the end, they texted me cucumber, but people were doing it on like Friday and Saturday. So I think I'm just going to stop saying happy Wednesday. That seems to be the best thing. I usually record these podcasts on Sunday afternoon, the intro to the podcast on Sunday afternoon. But today it's morning and I have had a cup of coffee and it is a very nice feeling. So this could be scary. This could be a very scary intro. Um, I recently saw on social media, I think it was Jessica Terazakis that posted it, and she asked people what they feel comfortable with sharing on social media, and then what is considered a level of oversharing. Now, I see a lot of people doing what I would call oversharing on social media, but I kind of overshare in my podcast. And I think someone actually brought up a really, really great point when in that thread that she started and they said that if you have moved through the thing that you're oversharing about then it's probably it can be used as like a learning opportunity and for other people and then it is okay to share and then someone else said that like make sure that whatever you're sharing or you know what some people would consider oversharing provides value to the people that you're saying it to and it's not just basically you complaining and I liked that. Um, I think it should provide value when you are oversharing or sharing, I should say. Um, and and that is kind of the way you can judge whether or not it's an overshare. Speaking of oversharing, I'm going to do that right now. Um, not everyone knows this about me and it is definitely not my most shining moment in life. But back in 2011, I was standing outside of my chiropractic assistant job in Manchester, New Hampshire. It was still freezing, because of course it's still freezing in New Hampshire in March. And I remember exactly the outfit I was wearing. I had on like this brown skirt that had a pattern that was like trying to be plaid, but it wasn't plaid, um, that my friend Molly gave me as a hand-me-down. I was wearing navy blue tights, a navy blue sweater, brown boots, and of course they had a little fur on them because hashtag New Hampshire. Um, so I'm standing there outside Humiliated and shivering. And there are my coworkers behind me wondering what is happening as I watch a tow truck take away my dark gray 2009 stick shift Toyota Corolla. Now, I'm going to tell you why this was happening. Um, in all fairness, Leading up to this point, I had avoided all phone calls from these folks like the plague once I stopped being able to pay for the car and you know my rent and also insurance, food, gas, whatever other little tiny bills I had at that time. I can guarantee you that not answering your phone when collections agencies call you is probably not the smartest thing to do, but I will say I was not the brightest crayon in the box at age 24. And I'm just going to go ahead and blame the fact that my prefrontal cortex still had a couple of years to go before being fully developed. I was like one of those, you know, live and learn kind of girls back then. And I just kept learning like the really, really hard way. So long story short, if you haven't gotten the gist of it yet, my car was being repossessed and I was standing there watching it while at work with all of my coworkers and then the outcome was that I had now no car to get myself from Jaffrey, where I was living at the time, to Manchester. So since then, I have come a very long way with my finances. Um, I will say when I first met my husband, I was still a bit of a mess. Like I kept burning bridges down and then having to like rebuild myself. And I did need lots of his help and our teamwork and collaboration is really what it took to get us um, where we are now. I'm way further along than where I was back then. And I look at that as like my my rock bottom moment with my finances, but I'm still not 100% where I want to be now you know, I do own my car now and I finally own my college degree and I almost own my house. But what this story had me really thinking about was how I used to be like this with my self-care and taking care of myself too. Like from nutrition to exercise, I was kind of brutal to myself and just ignoring this, that, and the other signals of my body. I, I did work out a lot, But I wasn't like really paying attention to whether or not I was working out right for my body. And I ate things that hurt my belly and I would just like do it anyway. And the stuff that like made my skin angry and I just didn't really like pay attention. And then sleep, that's like a whole other story, but sleep was super, super minimal. Especially, you know, it's funny is I worked at an organic mattress store in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I also owned an organic mattress store here in New Hampshire. And like my own personal sleep was terrible. And I was living in a fog like most of the time. And then when it came to my mental health, that just wasn't really top of mind. Let's say pun intended. I, th- I think that was a pun. I don't know. It seemed like one. Anyway, um, when I started to pay attention, I kind of started to feel like I was was getting more sensitive, but really, I think I had just kind of been like that all along, you know, physically. I just didn't give my body like the time of day to even hear it out and say what it wanted to say. So I sort of just kind of like beat it up and treated it like crap. Just like when that car was being repossessed and my finances were like burning in a dumpster fire, I have also, and now I've come so much further from that moment, I've also come so much further in my self-care habits. And I like now I know for the most part what I need to eat, when, how much, I know how much sleep I need and I really, really try to do a good job to get that. Um, and I also know like what things I need to feel positive and happy when I'm feeling down and, you know, basically I'm a giant work in progress in the self-care category, but just like with my finances, I am a whole lot better than where I was back then. And that's kind of what I want to talk about before we get into today's episode is just knowing that there is hope that you can get further along and where you want to be, whether or not you are at your physical rock bottom or, I mean, even financial rock bottom, but um, there is. So just taking those steps and moving in that direction is going to be key and vital, but it really is possible. And you know, I, we, I talk about self-care because taking care of our bodies and our minds is a really big part of running a business and really thriving in life. And I don't know about you, but when I'm not feeling 100% physically, what I'm working on doesn't get 100% of me. And my relationships and my interactions are not 100%. And really, I don't have that much to give because I don't feel good and that leaves you a little bit empty. So that's why I brought on today's guest, Falguni Vashi. And it's also why Meg Staples and I, Meg Staples is of her tribe athletics, we're going to be doing another She Built This Health Challenge this october which i'm super excited about these health challenges are fun inspiring and they're a really great way to surround yourself with a community who's helping hold one another accountable to like self-care goals positive habits you know just it's all about feeling good from the inside out and this time around i think this is going to be the best one ever you guys um we have so much in store for the participants like goodies galore from all of these amazing sponsors Have chipped in as well as of course you know the usual swag from meg and i and there's also going to be an early bird special treat for everyone who signs up before september 15th if you're listening to this you are the first to know that we are launching this challenge and you're going to get that chance to sign up as an early bird um there's so many opportunities to win great prizes throughout the challenge, and you it's just all about focusing on yourself for an entire month and your habits, and you do so while surrounded, you know, virtually, of course, by the awesome community that we are going to build together. So to learn more, I'm, I'm going to have a link in the show notes, and you can also visit shebuiltthis.org. Ooh, I didn't say www.shebuiltthis.org this time. My husband will be so proud. Where... I try to be good about, I I do try to be good about putting the events up there and such, but this one will definitely be up there by then. Without further ado, because I need to take a breath, my guest today is Falguni Vashi, and we are going to talk all about the importance of self-care, nutrition, creating a schedule that works for you, taking breaks, drinking water. Oh my gosh, how often do we forget that? I first heard Falguni speak many, many moons ago on a friend's podcast, and back then I said mentally, oh, I need to reach out to her. Then she showed up at our first Stories That Connect night, and a listener texted me the very next day and said, hey, have you met Falguni? She helps out all, sort of, all sorts of women with self-care issues and um, pelvic health, which might seem like a strange topic. But it's super important and Falguni explains why. Without your body functioning optimally, like I said, your business and the other aspects of your life cannot work as well. It's one of those like legs that cause the entire stool to be rocky if it's missing. So buckle up, here we go, and remember that no matter where you are right now, you can get to where you want to be. You, it's just all about making small changes to get going the direction that you want to be going in. Falguni Vashi is a doctor of physical therapy, a certified pelvic rehabilitation practitioner and woman's health coach. She has a practice in Nashua called Pelvicure Physical Therapy, and she has extensive training in treating urinary, bowel, and sexual health patients. She's also trained to treat transgender patients, and she believes in treating the person as a whole while adopting the bio, oh my gosh, psychosocial, yes, I said it right, model when working with her clients. Falguni is the mom of three children and lives with her husband in Nashua, and in her free time, she likes to read, watch TV, and spend time with her friends and family. Hello, Falguni, and welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Emily. How are you? Good. I'm happy that the humidity level outside has dropped a little bit because yesterday I was so boiling
1: hot, I could barely think straight. And I'm the opposite. I'm sitting in my office and the AC is blowing on me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I probably should have gotten a sweater here because I'm so cold.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't love air conditioning either. So yeah, I
1: totally hear that.
0: Yeah. Um, no, mine is just like a hot little office upstairs with just like a fan blowing on me if I get too warm. So
1: right, right, right.
0: Alright, so I read your bio um, for our listeners, so they know who you are, but why don't you tell us a little bit from your
1: own perspective, who you are and what you do? So my name is Falguni Vashi. Um, I live in Nashua. I have uh, a beautiful family. I have three children. I have my husband here. Um, I am a physical therapist and I specialize in pelvic health. And uh, what that means is I see adults and children with any kind of bowel, bladder and sexual health dysfunction. Um, uh, I've been a physical therapist for about 20 years. um, And in the last few years, I've specialized in public health. Um, I'm also a women's health coach. And um, before, I, I have my own practice in Nashua. And before I had my practice, I used to work um, at a local hospital. But um, I started my own practice last year. And uh, I'm so grateful that I did that because um, I love the autonomy that I have with my practice. I, I love having my own schedule. I think it works beautifully for my patients, my family, and for my own well-being.
0: So what was your experience like opening your business did you what what kind of feelings did you have?
1: Um, I always knew that I wanted to open up my own practice Um, my goal was to open up my practice once my kids were in high school and college um, so that I could focus on the practice 100 percent but uh, you know life changes and plans change and that's what happened and um, so you know I had to Preponed my plans a little bit. Um, and instead of waiting for another, um, six to 10 years, um, I took the leap last year and it was, I did all the research for a few months. Um, you know, before I took the dive and created the LLC and all of that. And, um, it it was it was exciting but at the same time it was scary um because i've always worked for somebody where there is a salary and where there is you know the the ability to you know get your monthly paycheck whether you work or whether you don't work whether there is a snowstorm whether there is no snowstorm so it was it was a little scary and i'm very um i like to be in control of things and i i that was that was hard that was hard but at the same time i I always wanted to be my own boss. Um, And I knew that opening up the practice would give me the opportunity to be my own boss.
0: Yeah, it's funny, you spoke about autonomy, and I totally feel that Um, that is one of I I recently learned that is one of my core needs or values is I, I need to have freedom. And with that comes a level of lack of control, which I think is a feeling that we are all becoming even more familiar with this year (laughs) is that we just don't have control. And like, you know, even when you were working for an employer and you had that steady paycheck, you still are not in control. And it's just funny how, you know, the perspective
1: shift when you think of it like that. Yes, I think the perspective changes. And I think, um, I think uncertainty is hard. Change is hard. I think, Um, you know, people who like to be in control of things, um, have a very hard time with change. Um, but at the same time, they also want the power of, you know, well, this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to do it. And this is when I'm going to do it. Um, so the autonomy piece, um, is big. I think it took me a good year to finally, you know, um, you know, exercise the autonomy that I have, you know, Um, like, I remember last year, my husband would say, you know, that, you know, you don't have to go into work, if you don't want to, like, nobody's going to tell you to come to work. And I'm like, I know, but I have to go in. And he goes, no, you don't. (laughs) And um, I think just this year, I've taken that leap. And a few weeks ago, I made the decision that I'm going to take Friday off. My goal is to take Friday off every week now. Um, unless I'm taking other days off, I'm going to be home every Friday. And it really feels good to have a three day long weekend. (laughs) And I I can't believe it took me over a year to, you know, get there.
0: Yeah, and I bet you just a guess. um, But that by working less, you're not making less, you're not sacrificing that element of your business.
1: You're just physically putting less stress on your body. I think you're right. I think I have a very hard time saying no to people. <laughs> and I think that's what I was doing. I was like, oh, you can't come in at the times that I have. OK, well, I'll work an extra day. And now I have I'm getting better with my boundaries that nope, I have Friday off. I'm off on Friday, but I have uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and these are the options, and these are the times that I have available. And I think most people are very flexible in terms of um, when and you know what time they can come in. Um, so I think, again, going back to the whole you know autonomy piece, I think uh, sometimes we all take it for granted that um, you know we just have to do it, and you know no is not an option. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, we had this amazing conversation earlier today in one of our meetings where someone said no is a complete sentence. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to remember this. We don't need to justify things. We don't need to explain things. We can set a boundary and walk away, you know, not walk away like abandoned people, but you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yep, Yep. I think boundaries are good. I think they help uh, reduce burnout. Um, I think they help, you know, keep your' they help you not be um, um, resentful of the choices that you make um, you know so I think I think women need to learn how to say no yeah agreed
0: okay let's what I want to do is I want to dive in a little bit deeper into like the specifics of your work and then I want to kind of come out and talk about it from more of like a bird's eye view and how you work with coaching women and self-care and things like that. So let's get into the nitty gritty of what you do and and really explain to the listeners
1: like what kinds of things you help people with. So um, as I said, I see um, adults and children. I don't see as many children now as I used to, but I do if a pediatric patient calls me, I, I will get them in. But what I essentially help people with is if anybody, if people have uh, conditions I treat are urinary incontinence, urinary urgency, urinary frequency, if they're up at night peeing, if they have any pain with peeing, if they have um, constipation, if they have fecal incontinence if they have abdominal pain and there is nothing medically wrong with them, if they have any kind of pelvic pain, and when I say pelvic pain, I mean back pain, hip pain, lower belly pain, genital pain, Um, if they have any pain, concerns, or um, difficulty with sexual activity. Um, And I also see a small portion of pregnancy and postpartum clients. Wow,
0: I think this is like super, I mean, this is life-changing stuff because this is literally what, you know, our bodies are basically just these giant digestive tubes walking around the planet. Um, and if things are not going right in those filtration departments, it is not a pretty thing.
1: <laughs> no, it is not a pretty thing. And I think what I have found doing this, Emily, for the last um, few years is I think th- because this is such a intimate and vulnerable topic to talk about, Um, you know, people are afraid to bring this up to their providers, Um, you know, whether it be their doctors or nurse practitioners and so forth. Um, And I think they wait till all hell breaks loose, and then they will reach out to their provider and go, well, I have X, Y, Z, and I think a lot of providers are uncomfortable having these discussions. Too, some are really good, and some just don't know what to, um, you know, what to offer. Um, and I think one of my missions is that you know to help people to educate people that you know if you're having uh, the above conditions, that there is, it's very common it's not normal, but it is very common. And the random Joe and Jane walking down the street might have the same issues, and that there is help for it. Um, There are people like myself, there are some doctors who can diagnose, there are people like me who treat um, conditions like that. And you know, you do have the ability and the right to get back your quality of life.
0: Yeah. So what are some like, what are some of the you know, self care things that you talk to people about? Like, I imagine you see a lot of people that are dealing with a lot of stress in their lives. So
1: where do you kind of like start with people? So my approach has become very holistic. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, I treat the whole human being um, uh, in terms of, you know, everybody who walks into my office, you know, we talk about their daily routine. Um, You know, what does their diet look like? What does their fluid intake look like? You know, what do they do for fun and joy in their life? Um, what are they doing for exercising? You know, I get to know them, in, um, you know, for who, who is in their family. Do they have friends? Do they have support system? Do they have resources? Um, and I think the first few visits are a little tricky because um, You know, they don't know me, I don't know them, but at some point they start opening up and we talk a lot about, you know, diet, we talk about a lot about fluid, we talk about stress management. Um, You know, I use some of my coaching skills um, in terms of of guiding people, um, because Mm -hmm. if you've ever known a physical therapist, a physical therapist wants to fix things. Um, And in doing my training, what I have learned is that, you know, you can't tell people what to do. Because if you tell people what to do, they're going to do it for a little bit and then they're going to go back to their old ways. But if they come up with a plan, then there is a higher um, chance that they're going to stick to it. Right. That makes total sense. Can we just please
0: hammer home the point that people need to be drinking way more water than they are drinking? <laughs>
1: yes. So I've always said this to patients. And when I was working for somebody to that employer that, you know, I, I will some at some point do this, but I want to have a wallpaper in my office that says water, 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 water. <laughs> um, I think we're, we're so busy. We're all running a rat race. Um, you know, things have been tricky with this COVID-19 um, uh, pandemic that we're in. Um, I think we get so busy with our lives, you know, working or taking care of our children, our children are playing or, you know, us taking care of our families and cooking. We don't take care of our body. Water is so nourishing to your body. We all need to be hydrated. Uh, My rule of thumb is you have to drink half your body weight in ounces, So we
0: did a, we did a health challenge back in January for the members of the, she built this group,
1: Mm -hmm. like
0: a side, side group. And the challenge was that every single day you had to drink half your body weight in ounces. Now I've been doing this for years. So for me, it was like no change. I watched people. I mean, I will also be fair in saying that I don't need to drink as much water as other people because of my weight, but I watched people have such a hard time with drinking the water. And I was like, I promise you'll feel so good once you adapt to it. But it was really a struggle for a lot of people. And I think it just goes to show that we really are not like even me, how much I drink. I could still stand to fill my bottle up one more time and drink it one more time throughout the day.
1: Yep. Yep. And I think, you know, what we've done, Emily, is we've replaced water with other beverages. We've replaced Mm. water with soda. We've replaced water with seltzer water. We've replaced water with flavored water, coffee. And, you know, my thing is, I say to patients, if you drink all those beverages, that's fine. Go drink them. You know, if that's your pleasure of the day to have that iced coffee, fine. You know, but you got to drink a little bit more water with it. Um, and I think 90% of my patients get that education. Very rarely will people walk in my office and say, oh, yeah, 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 I drink a lot of water. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's a very hard thing to do. They say habits change in thir- three weeks. I think it takes longer than that, in my opinion. Um, but I think with fluid intake and with water intake, what I've found is to, you know, give people suggestions and ideas on how to do this because they have no clue when to drink water and how to drink water. Yeah, let's talk about some of those um, suggestions. So one of the things that I say to patients is first thing in the morning when you get out of the bed, drink four to six ounces of water before even you um, touch a cup of coffee. And then if you have coffee, then you drink a little bit more after it because guess what? Coffee is a bladder irritant and it makes you pee more. I
0: totally agree. I start my day with 24 ounces of water, preferably lemon water. Um,
1: but sometimes Falguni, I gotta be honest, sometimes
0: I take a sip of coffee before the
1: water. <laughs> yep, yep, and that's challenging. And you know what happens is once you drink that coffee, once that fluid goes, that thirst goes away. So then they move on to the next thing and they don't drink that water. Um, the other thing that, yeah, the other thing that I say to um, a lot of clients who have desk jobs is, you know. Put have a clear water bottle on your desk with a straw in it. Because God forbid you have to open the container of the water bottle to drink it, you're not (laughs) gonna have time. But if you have a straw in a cup, you know, you can sip on it. And you know, sometimes, you know, if it's a 24 ounce water bottle, your goal is to get 12 ounces done by lunchtime.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is good. This is really good. I think some people need this reminder. (laughs) Um, All right. So what are the other things that you see from people that you're just so like your heart goes out to them and, you know, you have some general advice that you give like to most everyone?
1: So water is a big one. The other thing is I love to talk about poops. I think we all need to have good bowel movements daily. (laughs) And we gotta do what we gotta do to get those bowels moving. You know, water is gonna help. I teach people how to eat better. You know, I'm not a dietitian by any means, and I don't wanna, I don't give nutrition or diet advice to anybody. Um, but I do tell people that you know, well, what kind of vegetables are you incorporating in your diet? What kind of, um, you know, uh, fruits are you eating? Are you eating all sweet fruits, or are you eating fruits that are good for you? Um, you know, I, again, I'm a PT, so I don't make recommendations for meds and stuff, but if they're struggling with bowel stuff, then I'll usually push them out to their primary care and be like, go and ask them, what should you do to get, um, X, Y, and Z better for your bowels? Um, that is the other thing that I do. Um, the other thing that I find very commonly is people are always rushing. So they don't spend that extra five seconds on the toilet to finish peeing or that extra five minutes to get that stool out when you're sitting there sitting to poop. You know, um, phones are, people bring their phones in the bathroom. (laughs) That's the other thing that I say, you know, if you have it on your phone and if you're on Facebook or Instagram or whatnot, or if you're reading news, you know, there's so much out there right now. There is so much stress on social media. And you know, when you're doing, you know, an ADL or, you know, having a bowel movement or peeing, you don't need to be listening or reading that information, you know, the phone can be away for 10 minutes while you do your business. You yeah, know, that's lecture. a
0: really good point. I think, <laughs> I, I think, honestly, I think we were trained when we were kids, like, you know, there was like the newspapers or whatever in the bathroom or, or magazines. Yeah. Um, I personally was never in there long enough to read a magazine, but... <laughs> but those things were in the bathroom and then we transitioned into bringing our phones and technology with us into the bathroom and when we're brushing our teeth and when we're sitting on the toilet you know it's like it just always needs to be somehow attached to your hand which it does not (laughs) yeah so this is a really good reminder
1: yep yep and I think the other thing is you know. and this is, I struggle with it myself, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, you know, my, my goal for the last two weeks has been I get up and I get my, um, I work in the morning a little bit, I do some paperwork and stuff in the morning for two hours before I get on with my day. And my goal is to not touch my phone in those two hours. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's challenging. I you know? love that. I, I t- have
0: been turning mine off at 7pm at night, and it. I have not been perfect with it like you and it has been awesome and then the other really big but I need to get better at like not doing it in the morning too um like probably before my walk because when I go for my walk I listen to podcasts um right the other the other thing I found super helpful and I don't know if you give this recommendation too but I just stopped allowing my phone in the bedroom at all like even if it's off I don't really care I if, if I'm sleeping, I don't want my phone near me. You know, it has no place there because inevitably if I wake up in the middle of the night and I have trouble falling back asleep and I pick that thing up, then suddenly the trouble falling back asleep has become like two or three hours of just staring
1: at this bright light. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I think if the phone is in a different room, what helps a lot of people is, you know, you finish your morning business, you do what you got to do. And then you get to your phone because both me and you know that, you know, once you hit that email, once you hit that Facebook post, once you hit that Instagram, you know, there is an email from somebody or there is a post from somebody that, you know, upsets you or stresses you out or, you know, gets you thinking into, you know, whatever negative or positive way, you know, you don't want to start your day that way because you, you're you going to react to that regardless whether you do it at six in the morning or whether you do it at eight in the morning.
0: Last night we were getting into bed and I had something on my mind, which actually wasn't related to my phone, but my husband looks at me and he's like, whose email did you read? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're a hundred percent right. Yep. Yep. That's exactly, I think we all are in the same boat. We're all in the same boat.
0: So I want to talk about, um, a little bit about COVID actually. And like prior to that, what were some of the challenges you were having and as a result, what are some of the challenges that you faced as a business owner? Because it has totally affected us all in a different way. Um, and I would love to hear your experience.
1: I think when COVID hit, um, it was challenging. Now I'm, my office is in a, you know, in, in with, I'm with other providers. And so we stayed open through COVID. Um, you know, of course, caseloads dropped, um, you know, um, you know, we weren't seeing as many clients, um, which was understandable. Um, and now, you know, since May and June, it has picked up. What I find it challenging is a couple things. You know, it takes me extra time in between clients to clean because, um, you know, I have to wipe down everything, the clean the mat, you know, clean the table. I have separate pens. So if people use the pen, the, the pen stays in one corner. I don't touch that pen. Um, and, you know, I put it away. Then I wipe it later. Um, You know, I use gloves um, on a daily basis. Um, I have not been able to find gloves um, in the last few weeks. Uh, I was fortunate enough that a friend of mine is a physician and he was able to order some for me, but uh, I'm hearing that there is a more, um, you know, scarcity coming with the gloves. Um, So that was challenging as a business owner. And, you know, as, as the rest of the world and the rest of the country has, you know, been affected. The small businesses have been affected more. You know, the revenue dropped, and that that's a little scary as a business owner when it first started because you go, "Oh my God, what am I going to do?" And I'm one of the fortunate ones where, um, you know, my husband makes uh, more money and he carries the insurance, so we're all you know covered and taken care of. Um, you know, so that was a little hard. Then remote learning came along in March, and you know, working, mother. Being a remote learning teacher, it was just, it was too much. It threw me over the edge. And now, you know, we're back. I'm back. I'm fully busy. And my kids usually do summer camps. They've always done camps throughout the years. And this year, I don't feel comfortable sending them to camps because of COVID. And my husband works from home. My mom lives with me. So I have support. But every day I go home. Well, why do you have to work? We're bored at home we can't do this, we can't do that. We don't like it when you're at work. So I think it takes an emotional toll. Um, And one of my patients said this to me the other day, and I think she used the right term, she called it emotional fatigue. I think we have emotional fatigue from being in this crisis for so long, with all this uncertainty that we've had.
0: My therapist, I, I, Completely agree with you and I don't have children um, but I have a lot of friends who have told me very similar stories to what you've shared about just like you want your kids to, to have something to do and there's just nothing for them to do there's no place for them to go Um and I had my therapist so my therapist and I were talking and I I expressed the same thing like this emotional fatigue almost like a burnouty feeling but not quite a burnouty feeling and she said that I think right now it is more important to take care of ourselves because this is not over for the country you know in the way that we have to respond and act and we need to be treating this kind of like a marathon for our health and not just a sprint and I think for the past you know Four months, we've just been sprinting. We're like, okay, if we can just get to July or June or you know, whatever that date was that we thought we had to get to. Um, but now we're like really saying, okay, we need to slow this down a little bit and and really stop and take care of ourselves as individuals, as families, as communities,
1: because this is a little bit of a longer haul than we thought. Yep, that's a hundred percent right. I agree with her fully. I think. I think people don't realize it that how hard it is, um, or maybe they realize it and they don't express it. Or and you know, I mean, I'm reso I have resources that help me, but I think it's hard. I think it's hard whether you're a business owner or it's hard whether you are working for somebody because if you're working for somebody, then you are furloughed and you know you don't get paid that way. So I think it's just um, it you know, and again, going back to our first topic, you know, the whole you know change is inevitable, but, you know, people who like control don't like change. (laughs) And, you know, there is nothing that you can do to change this situation. It's just there. Um, It's just there. You know, stress levels are through the roof. Um, You know, I I try to, you know, take it easy and spend time with my kids and, you know, go home and sit outside in the nice weather. Um, But I think it's challenging.
0: Yeah. And you're working so hard to, as many of us are, um, you're also in a role where you're giving a lot to your clients. Um, And so that kind of puts you in that position all day long, where I think self-care becomes even more important because you need to focus on
1: what's filling your cup too. That's right. I, you know, you're, I, you're, this is such a, big point emily because i've I'm, I'm noticing that more this week um i'd see a lot of persistent pelvic pain and these people have been in pain for a very very long period of time it's exhausting it's tiring there is you know they have good days they have bad days and you know they come in here and they say to me you're the only one who understands it and i'm very happy to hear them talk, I provide ongoing support, they can call me, they can text me if they need anything from me, you know, no, there is no fee to that, you know, while you're working with me, that is part of the package. And I think um, people appreciate that. But, you know, it it takes a lot of energy to do that. Um, And, you know, I will never ever stop doing that. You know, I, I think that is who I am. But I think in this COVID-19 crisis, it has put an extra pressure on, you know, on me to do that.
0: Yeah, well, you are amazing. And I know that you're helping people. I I have heard several personal testimonials of the work that you're doing. Um, Why don't you tell us how we can find you and connect with you online and um, people can talk further and have a deeper discussion with you about what they're going through too.
1: So um, I have a website. Uh, My practice is called Pelvicure Physical Therapy. So it's www.pelvicurephysicaltherapy.com. I offer complimentary consultations on the phone. um, If anybody is interested in knowing more about what I do, or if they have a question about what my services involve, um, I am also on Instagram pelvicure.pt. Uh, I am on Facebook. My Facebook page is Pelvicure Physical Therapy, um, and um, yeah, and uh, you know, on my website there is a phone number. Um, you know, people are welcome to call, and uh, you know, or there is an email you can call or email if you have any questions. Um, if or if you just want to chat, and you know, are in similar situations, and you know, I'd love to connect with other people.
0: Yeah, that's how we started our conversation was we had a lovely, lovely phone call um, that led to this. So, And I will make sure all of those links are in the notes so that people can have access to them all in one place. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was super valuable. And remember everyone to drink that water. That is like our number one goal today. Drink half your body weight
1: in ounces of water. Yep. Yep. That's great. I It was my pleasure to chat with you, Emily. And thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast.
0: Thank you. I look forward to our next chat. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Falguni. And if this episode shined a little bit of light on the fact that you need to focus more on your own health and self-care, and maybe you do need a big old reset to help you start taking some of those steps in the direction that you want to be going... We're going to be doing the She Built This Health Challenge in the fall, October. Um, So be sure to check out the show notes or visit shebuiltthis.org for the challenge that Meg and I are doing starting October 1st. It's going to be 31 days of accountability, community, and focus on exactly what we talked about in today's episode, water, movement, self-care. And remember, early birds get the goody worms, so sign up before September 5th. if you want to be one of the early birds and get in on that. I am super excited to um, read all of the reviews that keep coming in and I have a really fun one to read today. This one is from a user called Bugsy James. I've been a member of the She Built This community for some time now and find tremendous value in Emily's take on entrepreneurship and what it takes to be successful. I recently discovered the podcast and now I'm hooked. Her stories are so relatable, both as human and entrepreneur. She has great advice and interesting guests. I'm so glad to have the opportunity to listen in each week. Thanks, Emily. I'm so happy. I'm so glad to have you in my network. Bugsy James, I am so happy to have you in my network too. I think I know who you are, but I'm not 100% center, but I think I have a guess. Um, So maybe you can clue me into your true identity if you've listened to this far. And if you've listened this far, you may as well take one more minute and write me a review in the Apple iTunes app or wherever you're listening to your podcast. The reviews help the podcast to gain some traction, and it helps me to get more great guests like the ones that I've been bringing on. So as I always say, you are quite literally helping me to build this. And thank you. I appreciate you. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.